Welcome to day 79 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share a highlight from our readings, which can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 to 29, with a focus on Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 12 to 15. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them, and if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you to do today, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods or to serve them. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all of his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. So chapter 28 starts with a little highlight of some wonderful blessings, but a good chunk of chapter 28 then follows up with what happens if Israel should turn aside from God, right? The severity of of what would come after them. And it's about three times as long as what the blessings are. And some of it is prophetic, talking about just how far-reaching the curses will be. And then some of it is just about the matter of stepping outside of covenant. And what makes this really interesting is it's a reminder again that God's promises are not without involvement from us. I remember growing up, I used to hear, God wants you to be the head and not the tail. It was something I actually heard quite a lot. And I often thought of like coin flipping, that maybe it was better to call heads, which, you know, is the mind of a child. And yet sometimes when we quote scriptures and we quote the promises of God, we have a childish approach to it, which is to name and claim. And there's nothing wrong with pronouncing the promises of God and using it to affirm our spirit and remind us that God wants to give us good things. But we need to do so with a reminder of devotion to God. We need to do it with a reminder that we are in a covenant relationship. We might be in the new covenant, which is far greater than the old covenant, and its burden is far lighter than the old covenant, but we are still in a covenant relationship. Much like a marriage, we've made promises. God has saved us and in turn, we have agreed to surrender our lives to him. And it's, it's a powerful thing, and it's a good thing. But it means that we can't live in the middle. We can't live on the line. And sometimes we think, oh, well, God is not holding up his end because I have difficulties. Well, sometimes the difficulties that fall upon us as Christians are because we live in a counterculture to the world. And some of our views and some of the things God's called us to are in direct opposition to the place that we live in. And yet, his ways are still better, and his ways lead us to better places in the long run. Deeper, more meaningful relationships, stronger bonds, uh, a sense of ease over anxiety. And not to say that we won't still sometimes struggle with anxiety or have difficulties in our relationships, but when we live in integrity into what God's called us to do, we build better foundations. And so when the difficulties do come, and they will, we are not as easily shaken. What's interesting about some of the the curses is some of them actually talk about when a king, there is a king over Israel. 
and how they'll be taken into captivity. And, and these things do eventually happen. It's almost as if Moses is speaking about what could happen, but also what will happen. And some people might go, wow, God's being really, really hard on some of the bad things that will befall the Israels if they stray away. But the reason why God has pronounced these things is because he wants to deter the Israelites from following into the same practices of the people who are inhabiting the promised land that he's about to expunge from there, right? And he doesn't want Israel to worship Baal, sacrifice their children, have cult prostitutes, a whole slew of things that if you really get into ancient Babylonian culture um, are very unpleasant, uh, very crass, very crude. Even by our modern day worldviews, most people go, wow, that's, that's not okay. That's quite horrific. And so God's saying, essentially, what I'm about to do to the Canaanites, if you follow their practices, I will do the same things to you. And this, to me, shows a God who is fair. This, to me, shows a God who is not treating his chosen people differently. If you follow what the Canaanites did, I will do to you what I did to the Canaanites, or what I'm going to do to the Canaanites. And sometimes the dangers that we can have when we read Old Testament, we go, okay, so if anything bad happens, it's God afflicting me for not following him good enough. But the book of Job, which we've read earlier, is actually a testament to the fact that that's not always the case. And in fact, even in the New Testament, when the disciples said, why is this man blind? Was it his parents' sin or his sin? And he goes, no one's. It's so that God could be glorified and made manifest in this moment. We've got to be careful when reading Old Testament not to assume complete cause and effect because the fact of the matter is, is we do live in the New Testament covenant, the New Covenant, the Messianic Covenant. And there is a greater freedom in it. And yet, because we have a greater freedom, we shouldn't take advantage of that. We should be humbled by that and serve from an even greater sense of well, magnitude and, and gratitude. When we walk in opposition to God, we will face more opposition. Because not only now will we be facing everything that the world throws at us, but essentially, we'll face the consequences, the full consequences of our actions. And I think sometimes God does a lot more holding back of the consequences and the earthly consequences than we give him credit for. Because we only ever see what he allows. We never see what he is protecting us from. With all that being said, God wants to bless God wants to lift up. God wants to restore. God wants to move us forward. And that might not always look like physical or financial prosperity, but spiritual health, deeper relationships, once again, uh, just better community, better frame of mind and health. His way is better. But we have to trust him. And that's the long game sometimes. Sometimes it's a long game. Sometimes we immediately see the benefit and sometimes... It's trust that it's coming. May you be encouraged by the word and built up in the spirit. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.